Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. We are just so happy to be welcoming all of you back to the Maroon Mike. As per usual, I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your co-host, Lounge Dog. And like I said, we are just tickled pink to be back with all of you. You know, I, I try to find a different descriptor there on uh, my intros, but... We're back, like we said, uh, we would be just like we planned. And to uh, Lounge Dog, I know we you you tweeted about it, but uh, how was those fajitas? They were, I was to say about top two or three. They they had just enough, just the right like kick or spice on. They were good. It was chicken. It was mixed chicken steak and, and shrimp. Are you a big spicy eater? I am. I am too. I got. I had some real spicy Thai food for supper, so we're both sampling some other cuisines from some other cultures today. But uh, I say that like I, I, I eat Thai food every week, so I, I really not, not trying anything new there. But in any case, I know you had a, a great day at work today. Buddy, let me tell you, it was an adventure. <laughs> I ain't dealing with landowners upset when we have to cut trees. Y'all climbing trees, cutting trees, and everything in between? Oh, yeah. I'm about to say, I got called on another rainstorm, so I, I left there drenching me, covered, just soaking wet. And a nice button-down shirt, too. Trying to look professional. <laughs> Trying to look professional out in the woods. Yeah, I, I couldn't exactly. do your job. It had its good days and bad days. I've told y'all before, when I turned 21, I decided I'm not doing outside jobs no more. I say that, and I'll probably end up outside just because I said that. In any case, today, we've got one thing on the list. Do you know what that is? What's that? We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice today, ladies and gentlemen. We, uh... Hope you're all excited. Fall camp started last week. I think they, I believe they had their fifth practice today. Uh, excuse me. Probably their sixth practice. I think their fourth practice was, was Thursday. Or, or excuse me, Sunday. So they had, went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then Sunday, and then yesterday and today. I have uh, a relationship with somebody that is at practice every single day. So I do have, of course, we are not credentialed media yet. So we aren't... Uh, getting inv- invited to practice, but for the first time since, I believe, 2018, media members are b- allowed back at practice. And they're allowed to see pretty much the entire practice, including team drills and everything. Um, so there is a lot of information going on out there. We're going to talk about all of it. The first thing I, I want... I'm sorry, what did you say? I was going to say, I don't know Robbie and Brian want me around after me busting in there. Let's talk <laughs> about that first. All right, so I don't know if any of you are listeners to the Thunder and Lightning podcast. If you aren't, you should be. We're not in any kind of competition with them. We, you can listen. We, I'm a firm believer that you can listen to us and them as long as you listen to us first. Now, every week they have a Q and A session, and you, the questions are posed via Twitter. However, there is a strict rule against answering other people's questions. Now, the caveat there that I think is kind of weird is the people that answer the questions, answer other folks' questions, don't get in trouble. 
it's the it's the people that ask the question that refuse to rebuke the answerer that get in trouble. And the punishment is you don't get your question asked. So Lounge Dog's over here wreaking havoc on people's answers. And begging for... What did you say to even get Robbie involved? Was he just policing it to try to be a little bit more equitable, I guess? Because sometimes... I know some folks, they ask, they get on Twitter once a week and they ask a question and they don't even think to check it again. Well, I actually know that guy personally who asked the question. So You were trying to force him to, to rebuke you? Yeah, well, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> but, but it was like... When, of course, I've met Robbie and Brian. I've met them, I met them in Hoover. They're good guys. Like I said, they don't take anything serious, thankfully. I like some, some media folk. I'm about to say, they... I think, I'm about to say, but that question that he asked was kind of like, you can, you can go a bunch of different ways. That's not like one direct answer, one straight set answer. Didn't he ask, what did he ask? Like one of the most uh, heartbreaking MSU games ever. Oh, to, he wanted to share that with posterity. Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah, I know about seven of them. You, I, I don't, I think you're only scratching the surface. To be quite honest, really, that should even count as an answer because there's so many answers that no one tweet can fit all of the instances that could be included in that in that correct answer. They're going to take the whole show tonight to uh, when they record to to answer that question. I'm about to say, maybe, maybe they'll give me a shout out. Now, the only thing I would say is you do know better. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll behave myself going forward. How about that? You do enough behaving of yourself. Sometimes you got to let loose. I do. Sometimes that gets me in trouble. That is that is very true. Anyway, like I said, guys, we're talking about practice. We're going to get into the show. So the first question everybody always asks is uh, about quarterbacks. We knew going into practice that it's like a two, it's likely a two-man race, and that is correct. We knew coming in that it was probably going to be Will Rogers and Jack Abraham, and that has proven to be incorrect. Uh, Jack Abraham, I don't think it's like an academic or a conduct thing. In fact, I highly doubt it. Uh, I believe it's an injury, but he hasn't practiced. And the injury, I've heard one person said it's a concussion. My guy doesn't know what it's hurt because he's, he's not in a cast or anything, so it makes sense that it would be a concussion. But they have it's, it's got to be some kind of fluke thing, uh, Lounge, because he missed the first day of practice, and before then they're just lifting weights and stuff. So where are you going to get a concussion lifting weights unless something crazy happened? Uh, I don't really know. I'm about to say that. That's that's most random. What I'm speechless to be honest with you. I don't I don't know how unless they're just. I don't know if he got a concussion plate on the swings or swimming or something. I don't know, but I I, I the only reason I don't I, if it was you know a freshman or a young another young guy or maybe you know not the guy that you have to expect to be one of the leaders of your team, 
I might lean towards, yeah, they're saying it's an injury, but perhaps it's a conduct thing. But I just, I really don't see that as the case with Jack Abraham. I mean, he might be a, you know, some kind of scrub that goes out there and behaves poorly and all that, but I doubt it. I've got friends at Southern Miss that said there is no such thing with him, that he was always a good a good example. So, very interesting. But uh, Chance Lovertich has been really, really impressive in practice. He's kind of small, but, uh, of course, he led Mississippi Gulf Coast to an undefeated season uh, two years ago in a national JUCO National Championship. So he knows what it takes to be a winner, and he'll be out there pushing Will Rogers. But it does look like Will Rogers is the guy. He's getting most of the snaps. Uh, we're not having to worry about – He's not having to look over his shoulder, uh, somebody coming to take his spot. And I've heard he's commanded offense really well. I will say, though, it is important for Abraham to get back because that competition is what Mike Leach thrives on, He especially at the quarterback. He wants people to compete, 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 compete so that they earn their spot and that that breeds uh, eliteness when you're able to compete in practice for every single thing that you've got. So hopefully he'll be back soon. But... Rest assured from what my guy says, it's not like Will Rogers just won it because the other guy's hurt. It looks It's looking like he's earning his spot. So that's pretty good. I saw a stat today. This actually blew my mind. Will Rogers was the only quarterback in the country to have 1,000 yards passing and no interceptions in the month of November. I'm gonna say he. That's dang impressive. I'm about to say he was close. It was though, either it was either month of November or the last month of the season. I don't remember, but in, there's a stretch there. He also during that stretch led the NCAA in completions, which we expect uh, with the air raid. But he also throughout the season led the SEC in completions per game. Now. We all saw what the offense did last year, so that we can take that with a grain of salt. But you know, some people act like Will Rogers is still getting his feet wet. But I think it, he's not a seasoned veteran by any stretch. But he he's ready for this based on what he did last year. I think. Um, wide receivers, very very important uh, position group in the air raid offense, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I think they're a little bit important. A little bit important. I read a good a cool article from. Joel Coleman, you know, he's now working with the athletic department and writing for them to put out their own stuff, you know, instead of relying on beat writers to kind of cover everything Mississippi State, they've got their own guys writing, putting out a lot of articles, and they've done that before with with games and stuff, but this is even never like this in preseason camp and never column pieces and stuff like that, so that they can kind of control their own narrative a little bit. I guess that's probably... A little bit big brothery of Mississippi State, but it's a smart business decision, you know. So they kind of dominate their own uh, what the media has to say about their team. But there is a piece, you know, Joel Coleman. He talked about how versatile and diverse, and how many, how complicated the position is of the inside receiver in this offense. Talking about, he was talking with uh, Coach Nichols, and that's talking about how they have to block, they have to uh, run interference sometimes, you know, as decoys, they have to have option routes and hot routes and they have uh, to make decisions because especially against zone coverage, you know, they can't just run their route. They have to find exactly where to run it and how to run it, you know. So it's very complicated. But one of those guys, of course, is Jaden Wally. And Jaden Wally is going to be, you know, probably close to an all-SEC, if not an all-SEC receiver. 
Another of those guys is Austin Williams, who's been here for forever. I feel like he's going to have his doctorate by the time he graduates. He can still play next year. I don't know if you knew that. Austin Williams still has a year after this. I'm going to say, it felt like he's been here just as long as Jake Mangum did. He, he's been, he was here for Mullen. Like he's, he's been here that long. He I, like Not just here. I think he played a year with Mullen. But that being said, like he's just been here for forever. Those two guys, they know what it takes on the inside as an inside receiver to uh, – and you're starting inside receivers, by the way. Just go ahead and spoil that. To run this offense with the nuances of it, you're also going to run in, you know, Tulu Griffin out there, a couple other guys on the inside. Jamar, Jameer Calvin is another guy the transfer from Washington State. Uh, outside receivers, you know, we brought in Makai Polk from Cal. And a lot of guys were saying, you know, what's he going to do? You know, his, his stats were pretty good at Cal, but a small sample size. You know, it's, they only played four games last year. You know, what does he bring to the table? And the thing this red zone, this offense was missing last year was a red zone threat. Uh, you, when you got inside the 20 or, or inside the 5, you know you're not really going to punch it in on the ground too terribly often, although we did a couple times. You have to find that sure-handed receiver that, that's going to get open in the end zone and then secure a difficult catch. And usually that's a huge-bodied guy that's got, you know, a great vertical jump, can high-point the ball. And Makai Pote doesn't exactly fit that mold. He's more of your average build. But he has been, for, for Will Rogers and even the backup quarterbacks, a really good uh, target out there in the red zone. He's He looks like he's going to be Mississippi State's red zone threat. And he seems like he could be close to the team leader in receptions right at or right behind where Wiley is at. Uh, Wiley is still not getting as quite as many reps as always, and they're being careful with him, but I've heard he's 100%. And it's not there's nothing that he can't be doing right now, but he's just they're not putting as much mileage on him early on as uh, what I've been told. Speaking of receivers, a lot of people are asking about, you know, Teddy Knox, Antonio Harmon, some of those freshman guys. Neither of them, on the offensive side of things, the true freshmen are, are getting kind of minimal work. They're kind of getting their feet wet and learning and observing and asking questions uh, rather than being running team drills. Uh, Sawyer Robertson, of course, and Daniel Greek, they're out there throwing the ball around, but they're, they're not throwing the ball 11 on 11 uh, very often at all, and neither are most of those receivers. All right, we're going to keep it going with the offense, the offensive line. Uh I've told you know it looks pretty all right. Doesn't look terrible. They're not doing. They're not uh, you know Alabama's offensive line. It's not like uh, the Dallas Cowboys of 2016 or anything like that. But they're going up against a pretty tough defensive line. I think I think you got to give them some credit there. And there is a couple surprises. So I don't know if you heard this. Uh, Cole Smith is working backup at backup guard and a little bit at center. And LaQuinston Sharp is starting at center. Now, we thought he'd probably be the left guard. If you go across the line from left to right, it's Charles Cross at left tackle, Cam Jones mostly at left guard, who we thought might could play tackle, might could play guard. LaQuinston Sharp at center. Dollar Bill, Quatravis Johnson at guard. And he was recruited to be a tackle, but he's probably going to make – he's probably going to play in the NFL as a guard. I think he's going to be really good there. And then Scott Lashley at left tackle. First thing about that group is outside of LaQuinston Sharp, those guys are really, really tall, which is what you want in this offense. You want guys with some reach, some guys that can uh, just use their size, if nothing else, to get keep guys away from the quarterback. But 
that group has looked pretty all right. I think they, they said moving LaQuinston Sharp to center helped him out. Moving Cole Smith to backup guard has helped him out. Uh, but they still need to find the, – the, so those are your six if you count Cole Smith. They need to find their seventh and eighth guy. They're going to be looking for seven or eight guys. Uh, Reed Byers has been playing center. Uh, Cam Jones can play all four uh, outside positions. Not, not uh, He probably could play center to pinch, but he'll play backup guard on the right side and backup tackle. So they need maybe one or two guys to step up. I've heard Albert Reese has looked really, really good for a freshman. You know, maybe not as good as those other guys, but but better than most freshmen look. I, I if I was with coach, I would just tell him he could just stick Lounge Dog in there, and they'd probably he'd probably never give up a sack in his career. <laughs> yeah, hey, I've I'm heard you got quick feet. Whoever told you that was football wire. Well. I'm going to have to check my sources on that. Hopefully my sources on practice are better than my sources on uh, my scouting report for Lounge Dog's uh, foot speed. I'm sorry, I still am a prime day. So. Still, you still got it. Oh, yeah. Say, some of us still got it. Some of us never had it. And I'm I'm in the latter. So. I don't say as a former offensive lineman in high school. Look, I played offensive line, but when I was in high school, I weighed about a buck, a buck seventy. It was not my forte. It was more out of necessity than out of, uh, than they just needed me there. Than they, they wanted me there. Excuse me. They didn't want me there. They needed me there. Um, get, I'm gonna say, I remember those days. Had to go head to head against Cam Lawrence, a linebacker. Or uh, you went to high school with Cam Lawrence. Oh, I went to a rival school in North Mississippi. Came to the middle linebacker. I was in center. Oh, great! I bet you had a great you had you had some fun times out there. Oh, oh we did. I'm about to say. I'm about to say. Also, like I faced another guy. He went to Clarksdale. He ended up playing at Alabama. I don't know the name. Anthony Steen ring a bell to you? No, no. Yes, you're dating yourself well, he, a little bit there. Well, I graduated in 09. I ain't that old. <laughs> in any case, uh, you you got further than me in football, to say the least. After about ninth grade, I said, I'll stick to baseball and basketball. Yeah, they did, definitely didn't need me on the basketball court. <laughs> Speaking of uh, offensive line, they're running they're running a few more run plays. Uh, there's kind of – I even saw my, my, my guy said they've kind of got a little speed option there, a little quarterback draw wrinkle. And you might have heard that on um, Thunder and Lightning too. And I, they, and I, I think they said that the last couple of days I haven't been running it as much. But my buddy says that he still he he's trying to remember and recollect from last year because it's not like anybody was there to take notes or anything. But he doesn't think they were running the ball this much in practice last year. But some might say that Mike Leach is adjusting. I just think that he's trying to tuning the team more to his strength. And when you've got running backs like. Uh, Jaquavius Marks, you know, Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson, who I think are a fantastic pair of running backs. It makes a little bit more sense to kind of run the ball more. Uh, I also heard, and it, lo- it looks like, I-, I think I saw on his social media, Marks looks bigger. He's, he's, he's shedding more tackles. He's gained some weight. And Coach Leach even said he looks faster. Uh, I don't know about that per se. Nobody's indicated that to me, but I think if anybody would know, it'd be him. And we know Coach Lee; he's not in the in the business of telling fibs. No, he's not. And I noticed. I mean, I know 
until the end of last year. He was starting to run the ball a lot more than when early did. Because, I mean, there'd be times he would, he would just abandon whatever run, little bit of running he had. But, like, the last few, couple, three games maybe, he, he actually he picked, it, he picked the running game back up. And I heard, I heard something recently that I hadn't thought of, but we forget, you know, the quarterback, and in the case of those games, Will Rogers is allowed to make as – he has a lot of freedom in this offense. He can make the checks. He can make the reads, and he can check out of a, a play. You know, some of that lack of running the ball might just be, you know, Coach Leach is going to call a pass play, and he expects you to check into a run play if it doesn't look good. But if you're a true freshman out there – you know that's not your your cup of tea isn't checking in an SEC defense when especially when the the coach on the other sideline knows that you're a freshman and he knows if he throws something confusing at you that it's probably going to hit. I think Will Rogers started to read defenses better and he would check into those runs uh, because again, Coach Leach knows that that's the case and a lot of coaches call two plays and sometimes you just here's your first play and if that doesn't look good, run your second play. Uh, I feel like Coach Leach has always has the option there to enter into a run play if need be, but just we didn't get a, quite a good job as identifying when the time was to run the ball until later in the year. That's my that's my new theory, my favorite pet theory on that. I, I, I mean, I, I get I get that. I mean, young quarterback not really not really sure when he needs to check it down or. When the audible to another to a run play, I mean, I, yeah, you, you see that a lot with young quarterbacks. Just goes what they goes what was originally called. Especially and, when they're young, and I, I know you you that's how you described supper night was you called an audible. Yep, yes, it is. Well, you need to go out there and call some audibles, maybe for the offense. I mean, this I know the center can call some audibles for his offensive line. But they need again. All I'm hearing from this conversation is that they need you out there. It's Mike Lee, he's a co-assistant court, offensive coordinator. Just give me a shout, Kate. 12-0. 12-0 right now. I'm calling it. They hired oh, you to be over with. I roll us in Tuscaloosa. I beat the game. You, you can get them the scouting report. I probably couldn't live with Tuscaloosa anymore, though. We got to get you a press pass for uh, Alabama games and just have you go in there to spy for practice. Just watch practice. I mean, I, I mean, I knew a couple of guys that cover the football team here at Alabama, at Alabama so I mean, well, look, I'm sure I can pull some strings. Pull some strings. <laughs> let us know. All right. Don't you got to get something out of them that they're not already writing articles about? I about to say. Let's see how. Let's see how long it takes before Saban yells at me. <laughs> Moving on now to uh, defense, the defensive side of the ball, which is my favorite side of the football. Uh, all due respect to my offensive gurus like Lounge Dog out there, but from what I've what I've heard and what I've uh, been told about observation and practice is that defensive line looks pretty good. I thought with the newcomers they've coming in with the maturity that they've had, the defensive line would at least be as good as last year. And last year they were okay; they were good at times. Now I'm starting to think I think they'll be I think they'll be better. Um, Randy Charlton looks really good. I've get I'm getting rave reviews about Jordan Harris and I just messed that up Jack Harris and Jordan Davis. Uh, Jordan Davis out of Capilla Lincoln Community College. Jack Harris as a third year player uh, out of Oak Grove. 
if you saw the video that Mississippi State tweeted out, uh, he had a crazy acrobatic interception to Jack Harris uh, the other day. But they're kind of competing for that same spot, them and Randy Charlton, and they're both looking good. And you know, with these, you only got three guys in this in, uh, on defensive line in this front for most plays, so you don't have to have as many bodies out there. But they are going to rotate in and out a lot. Uh, I expect to see a lot of Jack Harris and Jordan Davis this year. With the cornerbacks and the safeties that we have, I expect the pass rush to be a little, more effect, a little bit more effective. I think they're going to be able to get after the quarterback more than last year. On the inside, you've got Jaden Crumity, and, 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 uh, move, who's also moving outside. He's kind of playing all, all the positions on the defensive line, but starting at nose tackle. Your next best uh, defensive lineman is Cam Young. Cameron Young, you know, you've probably heard this on Steve's show. Uh, You've heard this uh, maybe on the Thunder and Lightning or if you've read articles about it, but Cam Young's from close to where I'm from, and I've seen him play a couple times, and he always was just a big, country-strong boy, not unlike my co-host here, who uh, just knew a lot about what it took to work hard, uh, corn-fed, you know, all those cliches. Cam Young has been that guy, and that's kind of how we've made our bread and butter over the past few years, especially as defensive line recruits, you know, Fletcher Cox is that country strong, you know, out in the out in the woods kind of guy. Uh, Caleb Yules, those kind of guys. Chris Jones out of Houston, Mississippi. They're all those humble humble origins kind of deal. And I think Cameron Young is, or they just really call him Cam, is the same way. I think he's going to be a real big player for us. And he's right now when Crumity lines up on outside on the defensive end spot, Cameron Young is in there. And run defense, that's going to be lethal. I think. Yeah, but also now you're not thinking about Nathan Pickering. I was about to get to that. Um, Nathan, we know he opted. He got he. Had, I, I've got it on Good Word, and when I say Good Word, is I talked. I met him last November, and we talked about it. He kind of got under the weather. Uh, I won't say what it was, but a little bit under the weather last fall when he opted out, and his family I know was dealing with some sickness, so he decided to opt out. The word from practice is uh, he is still getting his feet under him. He's not what we expect him to be at this point in his career. I think he would be if not for, you know, falling behind a little bit last year. Uh, I know that impacted his ability to practice this spring as well, although he did have a good spring. I think they're going to be a little bit careful with him, and he's got three or four more weeks to kind of really round into form before the season starts, but – he is going to have to do something quickly because right now uh, he's not much of a factor at that nose tackle spot. And that's unfortunate, but again, life happens. Um, nobody's blaming him. I don't think anybody's upset with, with Nathan Pickering. I mean, you, you just take some, take some, like you said, guys got to get his feet wet. And it takes, you need reps. I mean, not just practice reps, you need game reps. Thankfully, our non-conference isn't the most daunting thing in the world. We should be should be able to get him some quality snaps. And I think, I mean, I think we're going to be pretty deep on the defensive line. So I like where the the, the front's going to look. What the front's going to look like? Yeah, the defensive line. You know, you, you got Demonte Russell as a in a two deep guy who couldn't play last year. Aaron Odom, who feels like he's also been there forever, and we always heard he was going to crack the starting lineup. Doesn't look like it, but he provides some depth back there. King Ani is a guy who's who had two injuries when he got to state, and he could only he had to have surgery on both. 
and then uh, that took a lot of time, and then he tore something else uh, after that. I've heard he looks really, really good. He was a four-star guy, kind of kind of still figuring the game of football out. He grew up in Africa until like junior high or high school, and so he didn't grow up playing the game and had to had to learn it a little bit more, more of a learning curve for him. Uh, we mentioned all those guys that could start, you know, Randy Charlton, the UCF transfer, Jordan Davis, Jaden Crumity, Cam Young, and Jack Harris. A lot of J names on that list. But uh you got also Deontay Anderson is a promising freshman, and I don't and freshmen are getting a little bit more work on defense than offense, from what I've been told. But you've got you've got some dudes back there, and like I said, you don't have to have twelve guys playing the, these positions because there's only three uh, spots you really only need about eight or nine truly and that's like a hard maximum you know thinking about non-conference games where you need reps and stuff like that if you've got six trustworthy guys maybe seven you you feel pretty good about it and I've again I've just named our top five you know Charlton that Harris that gang you find two more that are serviceable and, and you feel pretty comfortable about that position because those five guys look like they're doing a, a heck of a job out there Moving on now to linebackers. I think our linebackers might be, call me crazy, might be better than last year, even though we lost Errol Thompson. Now that's that's witchcraft. That's that's blasphemy uh, from from a lot of state fans. And listen, if they can replace Errol Thompson's leadership, which is a big if. Okay, a big if. His inst- instincts were unparalleled. His uh, example was was massive. But if they have that, I, I wouldn't even call Errol much of a vocal leader, but he was just a leader. If they can find that, whether it's, it could come from a coach, it can come from a player on any level of the defense, if they don't miss that aspect of Errol Thompson's game, they're going to be faster and more athletic and probably a bit better of a in pass defense, especially as a linebacking group as a whole. You think about this, you know, Aaron Berlay, you've got your, you've got, uh, he's been having a heck of a practice. They've got him doing all the interviews and stuff after practice. He says that he really likes how this group has come along and he really, he, he named some backup guys, you know, like Jet Johnson, who's been working, waiting in the wings for two or three years now. He's going to be, uh, your weak side linebacker in the middle, you're going to have Bookie Watson. That's Nathaniel Watson. Uh, he's going to be uh, probably, not probably, he is going to be Errol Thompson's replacement. You know, people forget how he had how much he had to play last year because of COVID. He, he had to replace a lot of starters in a couple games, and he did pretty well. Remember, he wanted to play receiver out of high school, and he got recruited as a linebacker because of his size. And uh, he's had to really learn the position, but I think he's really found his home there at middle linebacker. Tyrus Wheat might be my favorite player on the whole team, and that's not just because he's from Kapai Lincoln Community College, which is five miles from where I grew up, but he he led the the team in turnovers last year, uh, or I guess second after Emmanuel Forrest. Emmanuel Forrest had five picks, but I know Tyrus Wheat had a couple picks and a couple fumble recoveries too, so... He uh, did lead the team in sacks last year. He was named to Bruce Feldman's Bruce Feldman CFB freak list. He's been having a pretty decent camp. My, my buddy says, you know, pretty much what you expect from him. I don't think he, he hasn't taken a jump from last year, but he was pretty good last year. Uh, 
only thing you worry about linebackers is who's behind them. I mentioned Jeff Johnson and Deshaun Page. Uh, with with Page, is a little bit of a learning curve. With Johnson, maybe a little bit of a, of a talent gap. But that first three, it looks really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm about to say, the starters, I'm about to say, I have no concern whatsoever. As long as one of them is on the field at all times, I think besides Brulee, they can make, Someone's got to be that vocal leader. Someone's got to be the quarterback of the defense if Brulee steps out. Who do you think that might be? You know, it's a good question. I know it could. it's probably Brulee. Uh, I've heard that Emmanuel Force, despite being a young guy, has done a great job working hard and leading by example. Uh, I, I know a high school student that was at camp, at some, one of the summer camps, they said that at the summer camps, he was out there teaching kids really, really hard, and he seemed really invested in wanting to get those guys better. Just tells you what kind of a person he is. You know, that he he's not just out there because coach told him to come. He's out there trying to to make the most of, the, of the, those kids' time out there uh, learning at camp. So uh, you can find it maybe on the back level defense from uh, Emmanuel Forbes. It's kind of your dark horse candidate for vocal leader. Of course, Martin Emerson can be as a cornerback can be that guy. But I think the correct, the most correct answers is correct, correct answers are Aaron Brule, C.J. Morgan, and Fred Peters. You know those two safeties. C.J. Morgan is probably a more vocal guy, very, very intelligent. If you follow him on Twitter, you can or on Insta or on Instagram, you can see how smart he is just from what he posts. A very intelligent player, type of guy that could uh, be the vocal leader. You know, with his injury, I don't know if he's a second, a two deep or a three deep kind of player, but as a vocal leader and an emotional leader, I think CJ could be that guy. And Fred Peters, very, very intelligent, uh, very well spoken, and he will be on the field, so he can lead by example a little bit too. So probably somewhere in those four or five guys on defense, you've got your leaders. Of course, on offense, you know, Charles Cross didn't do a good enough job talking about him. Uh, he's a projected first round pick. That's the left tackle. That's the guy that can lead, but he's very soft-spoken. So I think it's going to be more about the quarterback and Austin Williams leading on the offensive side. And Jaden Wiley, to an extent, uh, there might be a new Cohen that steps into that role. We'll see. But I think it is think, very important. I think Austin Williams will be the leader on the offense. I mean, veteran, veteran player. I mean, I, Definitely I, the leader in the, in the receiver core for sure. Probably the whole offense, though. I think, you know, you have some inexperience on this team, but you've got a lot of guys with the right characteristics. You know, Will Rogers uh, has all those court- – he, he's that game that game hawk, that guy that studies film all the time, that asks questions and wants to learn, and that kind of translates to some of those other guys. You know Austin Williams, you take him to media days for a reason. He's everything you want in a leader. Uh, we mentioned those guys on, 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 on de- offense and defense. On defense, I can even throw in J- Jaden Cromedy. He's a veteran at this point. Uh, Randy Charlton has has been a one of the full, only full time starters uh, coming back on the uh, defensive line. Although it was a, it was at UCF, what can he do as a newcomer? You got lots of guys back there. Moving towards quarter cornerbacks, when I enunciate my words there, so you don't think I'm talking about Will Rogers again. We're talking about cornerbacks. Uh, they had a really good practice yesterday and today, is what I heard. Uh, they made it really really hard on receivers. Uh, Who's the receivers have been having winning a lot of those battles the first couple days, but the last two days it's been mostly the defensive backs that are making it hard. 
we know what we got in Emmanuel Ford's Martin Emerson. They've, they've been snubbed on every preseason list that they can be snubbed from. But that's the guy who is a top 10 nationally uh, graded in coverage. That's Martin Emerson. And another guy who just only led the country in pick sixes and led the SEC in interceptions at Emmanuel Forbes. I don't think we have to worry about those guys. One of those guys will, will make first team all SEC, and if not, uh, and both of them will make first two or three teams. I don't think we have to worry about them. I think with the guys we have up front on defense and then them on the back end, you're going to have a lot better chances to create turnovers and wreak havoc on opposing defenses this year. Behind them is where things get a little bit dicey. So DeCamerion Richardson, a freak of an af- of an athlete. I love his game. Uh, and I completely misspelled his name in my notes. My goodness, that's terrible. I, not that y'all can see it, but I, I didn't even get close. But DeCamerion Richardson is a guy, he's super, probably more athletic than either of the starters, but just trying to figure out things from a consistency standpoint and knowing how to use his head. Asias Furge is a little bit the opposite. He knows what to do, but he's was kind of recruited for a different type of defense. He's that kind of squat corner that's pretty good in one run support and tackling, but he's very solid backup. And after those four guys, you're kind of left hanging. Then those top three, you really really trust in Asias Furge again. There's some things, and you do expect more consistency out of out of Richardson. But with Asias Furge, there's some things he's just not going to be able to do. If the receiver's six six, I mean. He's going to have to just live with it. Uh, but after them, it's where you're a little bit concerned. You know, you got to run some freshmen, or you're going to have to probably what you would do after those four guys is move some safeties over there. But the depth at cornerback is not where you want, but the, your front-line guys, kind of like the linebackers, are outstanding. Probably front-line cornerbacks is your strongest position group on the team. Yeah, I'm going to say for how much we, we had to rotate in the secondary last year, I feel like those younger guys got some quality experience. That's that's the silver lining with last year, and I'm about to, that's especially true with the safeties. I'm about to bring up guys that weren't expected to play last year played a lot, and they're going to be so much better this year for it. Guys, Colin Duncan had a great chance to be a starting safety this year if he didn't play a lot last year, but because of the need, he did play a lot last year, and now he's even better for it. So we're talking about safeties. Right now, it's look like uh, Fred Peters, the Texas transfer, Jalen Green, and Colin Duncan are starting. I heard my guy today told me specifically, he made a point to tell me how fast Jalen Green and Colin Duncan look. Uh, he says Colin Duncan's the most improved player on the team, uh, that they're all starting, and of course, with Fred Peters in those three safety spots. Here's what I love about that, though. I told y'all earlier on the show, you're going to have to have a – uh, the third stringers that had to start last year, and I'm talking about guys that had walk, that were walk-ons, and of course they're going to be uh, scholarship players now, but yes, some guys that were walk-ons, some guys that weren't expected to start. If you can make those starters back into third stringers or second stringers, you've done something. Because not only have the guys that you, know, you didn't expect to really start been pushed back a diff chart a little bit through no fault of their own, not because they're not working hard, not because they're not talented, but because you just got guys a little bit ahead of them. Not only are they back to where you think thought you expected them to be in the third string, but they're also still experienced. So right now, if you put in London Kraft, a third string guy, he still had the experience that all of these starters have. So you're not losing as much as you would normally if you were forced to throw in a walk-on. Again, he's not a walk-on anymore, but right after Peters, Green, and Duncan, the main guys you got working is 
Uh, Sean Preston, who had to start at most of the games last year. Janari Dean, who was hurt last year but uh, in his freshman year, but was a really, really highly rated recruit. Uh, you got Dylan Lawrence back there, who I've heard is, is outdoing himself really uh, and doing really well. And of course, London Kraft is another guy back there. And, of course, with this defense, it's going to be the five best defensive bats on the field, more so than you're a safety, you're a cornerback. You play strong safety, you play weak uh, – Free safety, you play dog safety. It's more just, you know, who's best for this situation? Who's best? Who, who Who's fresh? Who's the best five guys we need out there at this moment? And they're going to throw those guys out there. But they're going to work a lot of those guys and get lots more depth at the safety position. I feel so much more comfortable at safety than I did a year ago. Yeah, I'm about to say, I'm about to say, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the big fan of having to keep checking the program to see who our new start safety was every week. A little odd for me to see. I, I got to stop that, guys. It's happened every week. I remember how odd it was for me to see London Craft's name on the starting uh, safety list. I was like, I'm gonna be honest. I never. I, I don't memorize the roster. I'm not a weirdo like that. But I can't remember a time when I saw a two deep player on the on the list anywhere that I hadn't heard of before. It, it's got to have been since before I was in college. You know, and I've I've graduated. But I saw that name, and I said, that is a starter, and I don't know who that is. I had to go look on the roster, and I saw, you know, IMG Academy, and I said, walk on. This guy doesn't have a scholarship. And of course, the message boards blew up about it, but we, not that London Craft, God bless him, he did an amazing job considering the circumstances last year. But he's back rotating on the, the second or third level of those starters, uh, or right or behind those starters, where we expected him last year. But like I said, your third string guys have the experience of most starters. So you're going to be pretty strong on the back end of that defense, I think, this year. Uh, the weird thing about the season is, you know, you don't lose hardly anybody except for Errol Thompson, um, Kobe Jones, and Marquis Spencer. Marquis Spencer, who you played without the last couple of games of the year last year. Uh, you played one game without Errol Thompson when he got ejected on the second play of the game against Missouri, you replace those guys, you replace a couple offensive linemen, but the word the word all across the board is the offensive lineman, line looks a little bit better. Receivers look a lot better. Quarterback looks a lot better. Running backs look better. Uh, defensive line looks, looks a little bit better. Linebackers look about the same, maybe better in some ways, worse than others. Safeties look a lot better. Cornerbacks look a little bit better. You're worried about depth there. But all across the board, there's either st- it's either static or there's small or to large improvements. I don't see how you don't aren't a, a much better football team next year. That adds up to not only a better record, but probably just surprising a lot of people and, and outdoing what several expect. Yes, I know yes, you've got us at nine and three. Some, yes, some folks think we'll be like five and seven, four and eight. I'm like. That's just ridiculous. If you don't think we're we're gonna win three non-conference games, Vanderbilt, and one and at least one more game, you know that's 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 a little bit ludicrous. You're gonna you're gonna find a way to beat. You're gonna beat Vanderbilt. You're gonna win three at least three non-conference games. You're gonna find a way to beat either Kentucky, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Auburn, LSU. That's four. That's five wins right there. And then all you got to do is you know beat NC State. Uh, 
win one or two more of those other games, and you're right there at seven, five, eight, and four. So I really don't understand where all this is coming from. So beat Alabama. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm not going to disrespect the tie. That, that's a key thing to remember, folks. That is never, that is a bear you don't want to poke. Ne- never, ever, every game we, whenever the week we play Alabama, do not disrespect the tie. I bought. Uh, that is. I bought that's my me piece of advice for the week. I bought me a. Uh, Tickets to the 2018 game before the season started because I just knew we were gonna have a great year and number I knew our defense was gonna be super good and I knew that even though we had a new coach that Nick Fitzgerald was gonna be really good and Kylan Hill was gonna be really good and I thought we might have a chance to do it this year and we lost we now listen we held Alabama to the lowest point total of the year but. I, I caused a scene in Brian Denny Stadium that day. Did, what? Okay, now tell me what you did. Well, you remember when we ran a flea flicker? I do. Well. I don't remember uh, it working. Because I know we didn't score. Obviously. But, uh. Anyways, it was. I said, I said, you want to bleep flicker? And then we ended up getting sacked. I said, I took my hat and I started beating against the empty bleacher in front of me. Everybody was sitting around me just laughing. I said, you gave them a show. You you made the price of a mission worth it for them. Oh, my buddy, he he teaches at Alabama. He he was he's an LSU fan. Go figure. Uh, he was just sitting there, just laughing. I mean, I mean, it was a, it was apparently hysterical to everybody else. I was upset. I did a I little said, bit better job holding in my emotions in that game. Part of partially because we never, it was never taken from us. You know, it wasn't like it was close. It wasn't like I thought we were about to win at any point in the game. But we could co- So what? We could have covered. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I was furious. I don't know if I've ever been more furious at officiating in my life. Maybe except the Alabama game the year before. But it I'd was... Not talk about the, I'd rather not talk about the Joe Moorhead era. It was... I was upset at some officials. We had a couple touchdowns and turnovers that should have gone our way that didn't... Uh, it was bad. Joe Moorhead Harrison. In any case, you all—that's uh, all we got for today. You all can rest easy, knowing that we've got practice covered. Starting next week, we'll do a complete breakdown of the defense from a, a prognosticate standpoint, rather than just talking about how it's going to go uh, in practice. And then the next week, we'll do the offense, and then pretty soon it's game time. We'll start having previews and reviews instead of uh, you know just talking about practice. So. You can follow me on Twitter at Colton 8S Watson, and you can follow Lounge Dog at, on Twitter at Lounge underscore Dog, D A W G. Give us a follow. Uh, if you see this on Twitter, uh, when we tweet out the link, give us a, a retweet, a like, a comment, start a conversation with us. You know all that good stuff. Until next time, swing your sword and hail state.